Cheryl. I'm well. Happy Halloween. I realize that it's after Halloween for our listeners, but for us, today's actually Halloween. <laughs> Yay! Spooky season continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pretend that it's still creepy in like the first two weeks of November. Yeah, and it is kind of creepy because like Ooh. daylight savings, I don't know like what daylight savings is or when it is for like Toronto. It's already been done like really we are ahead i guess one hour yeah we have different we have different daylight savings yeah so we are actually like five hours apart but like i think right now we're four hours apart i still have you have you had your pumpkin spice latte yet i did actually i had it last weekend i believe or maybe the weekend before i can't keep track but i i had a pumpkin spice frappuccino so i was very satisfied i still think that you should try like ordering without yeah without it being pumpkin spice latte I will, season at some point i'll try that <laughs> here we go talking about coffee again yeah what a way to start an episode although i'm like very excited for christmas coffee i thought you were gonna say you were very excited for this episode i am very excited about this episode though <laughs> as am i this is yeah we spent a long time talking about this because well, it's the musical genre, which we're both really interested in, and we're talking specifically about music in films, mm-hmm. focusing on the sort of horror kind of music, and it was really fun to, to dive into this and learn a bit more about it. So I think it'll be a fun discussion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want to say what happened last time? Well, what happened was we got our first killing. Yay. <laughs> Is that a yay? I don't know. But then it gets worse. Like this episode, as we will all see, it just the the killings continue. And yeah. It's not even just killing. It's just like the fact that then they become stuffed into pies. Like that that's the worst thing. Yeah, it really compromises our ability to sympathize with the main character, which is what we talked about last time. Yeah. Although I feel like we're we're still sympathizing with him, you know? We still we feel bad for him. It's complicated. But it also makes it such an interesting film to watch or interesting story to watch because you're flipping the narrative. You're listening to what the bad guy has to say. Yeah, usually horror movies focus on the victim, right? Not yeah. the killer. And in in this case, the the scary bad guy is the main character. Yeah. I guess it kind of the really great horror movies, although would you say Cabin in the Woods is a horror movie? Yeah, I would say so. But like the second half isn't though. Yeah, the second half just devolves. It's very interesting though. Yeah, spoilers, because I'm going to just say something about the film. If you haven't seen it, really good film, so go and watch it, especially during spooky season. The fact that it's a horror movie up until like the point where it's revealed that it's like actually a simulation let's say i think that plays with the horror movie and i think sweeney todd is also like playing with the horror movie genre because you don't yeah again like you don't see it from the victim perspective you see it from like the villain perspective yeah again it's interesting when you see a film that sort of takes the trope and and plays with it a bit that makes for new ideas and and bringing something new to the genre yeah if you haven't noticed yet we're definitely going to be talking a lot more about like the horror genre and also how it ties into the horror musical genre and to be honest i don't know if i've 
seen any other horror musical. Sweeney Todd is definitely what about? maybe the only one that I've seen. No, I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, Rocky Horror is the next one, but it's a really comedic one. Some other ones are Little Shop of Horrors, which I haven't seen either. And this one called Repo the Genetic Opera, which I've seen most of. Really, really weird concept, basically. It's like about organ harvesting, oh. but it's a musical, but it's horror because, you know, there's people trying to <laughs> take people's livers. Very, very strange. But yeah, there, there's not too many horror musicals. Yeah, and all of these like horror musicals are also like slightly offbeat, I'd say. Yeah. Again, it goes with our expectation of like what a musical is, but they're not necessarily like purely horror, I'd say. But we'll definitely dive deeper into that. But let's let's hit play and talk more about the horror musical. Hello. Do you hear me? <laughs> I like the fact that Sweeney Todd, well, this is because we're just coming out of Sweeney Todd's like big epiphany sequence of like, I need to kill everyone. I need to like, you get a killing and you get a killing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like shocked right now. I love this song though, or, or not right now, but like we're gradually going to get into a little priest and it's actually like a very comedic song. I'd say that it's probably like the most comedic song in the entire soundtrack. But I think that actually ties into, or like all of the horror musicals that we've spoken about, they're also horror and comedy. And like, why is that? Why, why do horror musicals always get mixed in with comedy? Yeah, it's like they, they have to insert a bit of comedy in order for it to work somehow. Um, almost like horror and music don't go together, so they have to shift something a bit. Yeah, or maybe also musicals always have this like comedy layer, like even like the very like tragic ones like Les Mis. And if that's kind of like the musical formula, if there is a formula, not that like because musicals are such a fluid genre, maybe you always need some comedy in there and then like horror musicals are just like super embracing comedy in their approach. Hmm. Yeah, in in most horror movies, it's it's sort of hard to picture the villain breaking into song, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like The Shining, <laughs> if you imagine, like the twins, like, coming towards you when singing something, like, you would kind of laugh at that. Yeah, or even, not even horror movies, but like, the villain in any movie you can think of. Like, can you see Voldemort singing about how evil he is? You know? <laughs> you're, yeah. I think the reference you're talking about is, like, from a very Potter musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I had to work that in somehow. And the musical is, like, it's very funny and it sort of makes light, like, it's much lighter than the films. And basically when Voldemort, when he gets his body back, he sings to dance again because he's just excited to be able to dance and sing. Like, that's the joke. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's almost like you can't inject music without also injecting comedy. And then musicals also, there's dancing. Yeah. And dancing also adds some kind of comedic or joyous layer. Yeah. Because well, like, do you ever dance like somberly? It, exactly. It's it's like, it, it, it like doesn't make sense to dance in real life, mm -hmm. you know? Or not even somberly, but like just to break out dancing somewhere is like fantastical. Yeah. 
What is that? It's priest. Have a little priest. It's so funny that you brought up Harry Potter again. It's just this cast. You just have so many Harry Potter cast and characters. <laughs> like right now, it's Bellatrix. Yeah, there was a really funny tweet. <laughs> you, you, you posted on our Twitter about all the Harry Potter characters in this movie. <laughs> it was so good. It was like, Bellatrix is in love with Grindelwald. And old Grindelwald is tutoring young Grindelwald. <laughs> it's also the fact that they were all in different parts of Harry Potter, too. Like, they didn't even really interact within the film. Mm-hmm. So to see them on the screen at the same time. Well, then if you're British and loyal, you might enjoy Royal Marine. Anyway, it's clean. Though it cause a taste of wherever it's been. I also love how um, Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett, or at least they're, like... Johnny Depp and Helena Bottom Carter's their friendship in real life kind of is portrayed in this film as well. Like I can I can just sense that they're just such great friends, which is also a shame because like Mrs. Lovett is like madly in love with Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always works better when actors get to know each other first when they like have actual chemistry. Mm. You can you can always tell in movies like it it just works better. Yeah, like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Mm. <gasps> Our fave duo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did La La Land last. Yeah. What is that? It's Fop. Finest in the shop. Oh, we have some shepherds, five peppers with actual shepherd on top. What and would make, like, a, a musical scarier then? Like, if, if you can't sing and you can't dance, because those things feel a little bit more lighthearted. Maybe the better question is like, what makes music scary? Hmm. Yeah, I think what makes um, a regular film scary in terms of the music is really different from what makes a musical scary because I think most horror movies, the music is actually instrumental. Like there's there's no lyrics. Mm. Like it's, it's very creepy, the instrumental, like usually violins are used, I think. What we noticed was that often songs will be used that are familiar to us, but then they'll be remixed or slowed down or made faster or made atonal or something. Like it'll be it'll be different, so it makes the audience uncomfortable because it's something they knew that's just changed slightly. So it makes the comfortable uncomfortable. Yeah, and it a good example would be like a childhood rhyme or nursery songs or something like that where as children you'd sing it and it's just like joyful and you're like laughing and like dancing around and like like you can imagine just children playing on a playground singing that song but then when you slow it down and then you have like a creepy clown like this I don't know if this like actually happened in any film but if you have like a creepy clown singing a nursery rhyme in a very slow and creepy sound it's like something you're so familiar with like that song you're so familiar with but like it's scary because there's a creepy dude and then also it's sung in like such a slowed down way i think it's part of why children are so often really creepy in scary movies oh no yeah right like you see a child and you're like oh what are they gonna do are they a demon yeah you know yeah like it's always about like familiar being made unfamiliar yeah i think there's also an element of it draws you in like the familiarity perhaps draws you in 
and then right when you think like oh that's that's interesting like that looks like a face then like something pops out and you're just like oh no I'm scared ah (laughs) yeah the clown thing is a really interesting one because it never occurred to me that clowns were scary until I was a teenager and then there's all these movies about how scary clowns were Mm. I was like oh I didn't (laughs) never even occurred to me I don't think I'm necessarily like scared of clowns but I am like a little unnerved by them like even like Ronald McDonald <laughs> looking at his face I'm just like oh there's something unsettling even though I know that you're supposed to be like kid friendly mm-hmm. also like what we find creepy now is different than what we found creepy before like creepy music has also evolved yeah the the first famous a uh, scary movie soundtrack that I can think of is Jaws, which the soundtrack of that is very, very different from horror movies of today, right? It's just the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And now I think a lot of the sounds that are used are like, it, it's not it's not a melodic, it's just like weird sounds and, and scary instruments. Mm-hmm. The landscape has changed. And also um, scary movies as a, whole, as a whole have changed now. I think there's a lot more Uh, blood and gore than there used to be it used to be more suspense when you think of like hitchcock films compared to the saw films for example yeah and then there's also like an emerging horror trend as well like jordan peele's more like political social Mm -hmm. discussion within the horror genre which is also new and that makes it kind of unsettling too because or maybe it makes it more unsettling because it's so kind of close to us like it's like culture it's everything that we live in it's grounded in the real world reality like it yeah it feels almost real because it's not like about a monster and instead the monster is actually humans it's it's us and i think that's scary because we are the most familiar beings to ourselves and so jordan peele is effectively making something so familiar unfamiliar yeah and that's scary definitely like when you think of get out in that that town that Mm. the film took place in it's like that that seems very familiar it seems very weird and then there's just yeah there's just something off about it with yellow hair like wheat i think we shall not meet again my little oh Oh no, so so much so we've so just much killing. seen a pointless killing. And this guy seemingly was innocent. So this wasn't ooh vengeance <laughs> or anything of the sort. The fact that they built like a mechanism in his barber shop to then like transfer over the dead body, the live meat, I guess, into into the shop is just next level. <laughs> I wonder how they're getting any business. I mean, the word of mouth can't be great. That's true. Didn't she also, like, struggle with business beforehand, too? Yeah. Like, why are people going to this barber that they've never heard of before? (laughs) Suspending expectations. And we mentioned that yet again. Every single episode of the musical season, I guess. (laughs) Because I think everything about musicals just makes you suspend expectations. Like, people don't act in real life the way that they do in musicals. Yeah, but arguably, like, in horror, you also get things that happen that don't happen in real life. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't have tethers (laughs) 
underneath the and under underground just like matching all of our movements well we don't know but if that existed i'm terrified yeah cheryl is referring to us the jordan peele movie because we were talking a lot about the music in that because it was super evocative like when i listened to the song in that it just it made us both think of that scene at the end with the dancing if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about but some spoil yeah <laughs> it's like very creepy it's that violin there's something about it that's super creepy it's very well done yeah i think that song was definitely when i think of creepy songs that's like top of the list Actually, that scene is quite interesting. Again, some spoilers maybe, but they're dancing around each other. And we were just talking about how in um, in musicals, there's singing and dancing. And then we were saying like how singing and dancing, like there's an element of joy and lightheartedness. But in that scene, actually, the dancing was very creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan Peele's just a great, great filmmaker then. If he's able to make dancing creepy. You be beautiful and pale and look too much like her. If only angels could prevail, we'd be the way we were, Joanna. This is like more music technical. We know that like major scales are a happy song. That's something that can feel happy. Whereas like minor scales, songs set in a minor scale would make us feel sad but like maybe horror musicals or horror music in general they don't follow those two scales because there are different scales that exist yeah i think a lot of scary music is atonal which means it's it's not set in a major or minor scale and it just it feels like we can't quite grasp the music somehow like we can't understand it it's just it's weird and it doesn't sound like music and it makes us uncomfortable mm. i know uh the film the whip mm-hmm. the the music in that was entirely improvised and made with instruments that like weren't instruments he just like made random sounds throughout the whole thing and that sort of raises the question of like what is music like is that still music that's very cool mm-hmm Yeah, I was actually like reading an article from the BBC and it said how to create a very successful horror soundtrack is to create these songs that aren't linear. And I think that plays into like, what is music? Not that music is always linear. If you're just creating non-linear unstructured sounds, it's like we don't have anything to attach to. We don't, we don't know what to expect because there's no pattern that we can recognize. We can't like hum along or sing along with it. Yeah, exactly. Just inside of this door. I feel like she has so much business now. <laughs> Who knew people tasted so good? Oh gosh, that sounds. <laughs> it's kind oh, of no. It's kind of funny because this song is is really upbeat. Mm, yeah, and yet we know what they're celebrating. Not to think you 
are you thinking they do? How how important do you think music is in horror films? I think it's one of the most important elements. Maybe not just music, but the entire like soundscape, mm-hmm. including the you know any weird sounds that are inserted. Um, just like the general atmosphere really adds to it. Yeah. Have you ever tried watching a horror movie without the audio? I actually haven't. I think now that you say it it might be a very interesting experiment i wonder what would be lost in watching it with only subtitles yeah it would just fall flat even if you had captions on and you understood what was going on <laughs> but also it could actually be quite funny too if you yeah just see like subtitles saying creaking floorboards and then you're supposed to imagine the creaking floorboards or you can't even really hear it then I think what happens in your imagination can be kind of like overblown and it might oversell it, which might make horror more comedic Hmm. than scary. Speaking of music or sounds in horror music or, or horror films, I think it's important to talk about A Quiet Place. Perhaps watching A Quiet Place with just subtitles on would be fine because there is a significant lack of music in that film. Yeah. Or even just, like, lack of sound. That's a really interesting one because, as you said, there's there's no music in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they it meant they had to really add to all the other aspects of the film because they were taking away one element, right? So they would have had to enhance everything else. Okay, another thing that I will add is I find it super interesting when uh, soundtracks incorporate not music, but like sound into the soundtrack. Mm. Does that make sense? So I'm thinking in particular of Tenet. Um, In the film, they're like wearing masks a lot of the time so that they can breathe oxygen um and there's a couple of songs on the soundtrack where you hear someone breathing it's like (gasps) and it's it's part of the music it's not part of like the sound of the film and i just find that really really interesting that is quite interesting it's because it's also like breathing is familiar then but like it's done in like a weird way like it's done in conjunction with music Mm. so it makes it unfamiliar and it makes it creepy I don't know. I think that's that's kind of cool that they remixed some human sounds into a song. Yeah, it is interesting when different things are incorporated into the soundtrack that aren't necessarily music. Yeah, because then it's true. Like, what is music then? Yeah. And especially, like, in horror music, it's not the conventional sense of what music is. If you're a creative music producer who doesn't write conventional music, then maybe scoring horror movies is your gig. <laughs> yeah, well, I listen to a lot of film soundtracks, but I, I don't think I'd be able to listen to horror soundtracks mm-hmm. because it's just, it's too weird for me because so much of it like isn't what I think of when I think of music. Yeah. A lot of it is sounds. Yeah.
the scene is so not it's it's so different it's very strange because they're they're both very dark like they still look like them but it's like they've just been transposed on a different background like they're out of london it's not dreary and dark anymore it's like there there's colors they seem out of place it kind of reminds me of like tim burton's more colorful works though mm, like, like very willy wonka yeah or or almost alice in wonderland because mm. it's just like elaborate set pieces and clothing now I think it's important to note that we're not saying making horror music is easy. It's an unconventional music format, but I think it also just has different goals. Your goal with making horror music is to induce stress. It's supposed to make the listener uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Like the song from Us. I wouldn't really want to be listening to that while I'm like cleaning the house or doing work. Ooh, it'd creep me out. Yeah, imagine being the editor though. Like <laughs> you have to edit that classroom scene and you have to listen to that song over and over again. I think I'd actually have nightmares. <laughs> Maybe, it, but you get desensitized probably. Yeah. I hope so. I wonder what that's like. I'm sure you just get desensitized. But then that that also ties into like editing. Like if you want to edit something that's scary and you become desensitized to something scary, then how do you make sure that it's actually scary? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I guess also like the, that's the same for like comedy too. Like right. you, maybe the first time you say the joke, you're like, ah, that's the <laughs> funniest thing. But then gradually, the more you do it on like on stage in stand up, let's say, you gradually become desensitized to it. It's no longer funny. Yeah. Like, what would it be like writing a comedy book? Like, how would you be able to tell if it's still funny if you've edited that paragraph seven times, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you can be desensitized to anything, it seems. <laughs> Yeah, well, what about, like, video game creators where it's, like, you know, lots of guns and blood? Mm -hmm. Then there's that whole, whole argument about video games making teenagers desensitized to violence. Yeah, that, I think, I is... It's an interesting topic to think about because the technology is there and, like, it's it's very cool. But, like, how do we use it in a way that also doesn't alter our perception of like what might be the right thing to do versus the wrong thing to do. You put that into his hands. Only to him, understand? Yes, sir. And while I'm out, do you mind if I stop by the grocer just to be... No, you're not to stop, you're not to speak. You're to deliver the letter. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Things just got really interesting. Yeah, so I think we will end here and... Next episode, we will finish Sweeney Todd, <laughs> and there will be more blood. Get ready for the blood. And gore. And the gore. Halloween extends into November. Hooray. Yay for spooky season continued. And I mean, like, no spoilers ahead, but things don't things don't turn out that well for Sweeney Todd. No spoilers. <laughs> I think we've Are we an ASMR channel or podcast <laughs> now? Yes. <laughs> I don't really get ASMR. Why not? I don't know. It kind of it kind of makes me like shiver. 
it, it feels almost like creepy like I'm in a horror movie and someone's like hello Lara <laughs> if you say it like that then yeah it does sound very creepy <laughs> yes I do enjoy cooking noises for ASMR Mm. I think it's just relaxing, but I, I enjoy cooking, and that's probably why I find it relaxing. You know what I like? Most of, well, maybe not most, I would say at least half of the YouTube videos I watch are about makeup, so I watch a lot of, like, makeup decluttering videos where people, like, will open palettes and talk about it and, and then shut them, and you get the little click of the makeup. <laughs> like, that's the kind of ASMR I could go for. You know what? It probably has to do with just what comforts us, and similarly, I really enjoy candles that have kind of baked good smells like vanilla or pumpkin spice or chai or those kind of scented candles. And that's probably just because I really like baking. And so that's why ASMR cooking noises will bring me some kind of comfort. And I enjoy that. And makeup is something that you potentially find some sort of relaxation or comfort from. And so you do enjoy those sounds because they're familiar to you and they bring you comfort mm. yeah but I've never gotten into like voice ASMR because I think that's a that's definitely just not a genre that I enjoy it doesn't bring me comfort yeah and like they're they're like in your ears they're right beside you but they're not <laughs> yeah that's like a setup for a horror film <laughs> and also imagine that the cover for the ASMR clip is is like a clown face oh my god can you imagine clown asmr like clown from it asmr <laughs> i feel like a lot of people would be into that kind of youtube video but for what purpose like i find that so creepy just like scary purposes i don't know people like to watch creepy stuff well on that note <laughs> What have you been watching lately? So, I started a show last week. Now this is a big deal because I don't watch shows. It's called The Queen's Gambit. It is on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original and it just came out. Um, it's with Anna Taylor-Joy and it's about chess. And within like five minutes of starting the first episode, I was hooked. I don't know what it is. Part of it is the set design. It's just like beautiful to watch. So well done just captured me. That's good to hear because it's definitely on my list and I feel like Netflix knows that I want to watch it too because it keeps feeding me the trailer at the top of the homepage, but I have not gotten to it yet. In the meantime, I watched another Netflix-produced movie. I feel like that's all we can really watch because theaters are shut in most places. And I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is the new Aaron Sorkin film. And I'm not too sure if I've mentioned this before, I probably have, but I am a massive Aaron Sorkin fan. I think that his script writing and his dialogue is just really enjoyable and very witty. It's about the Chicago 7, which is a group of protesters who were against the Vietnam War. And this is set in the late 60s in Chicago. And the entire film is mostly set in the courtroom where the Chicago 7 have to face a, a very unfair judge. And it just shows how the times have changed these days. And I think that it's, it's an 
interesting film if you want to learn a bit about history, but it did feel very kind of biopic Oscar bait-y. And I think if you're looking for an enjoyable film with a good cast and good acting and decent script, then definitely this is for you. And I believe Calvin Harrison Jr. is in The Trial. Yes. I love him. How was how he? I'm surprised you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I want to see it in theaters, and theaters around me aren't open right now, at least for the next month or so, um, but I would love to see that one in theaters. Well, we'll cross our fingers that cases go down and theaters go open. Yes. But as our spooky season in November continues... We can just watch more films. Spooky films, maybe. <laughs> yes. Continue the Halloween spirit. Well, that's it from us this week, and hope you enjoyed part four of Sweeney Todd. We definitely talked through it a lot, and I hope you found the horror music discussion insightful and interesting. We definitely had a fun time discussing what we were going to talk about this episode. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please read and review and follow us on Twitter at WTF underscore with us for movie, trivia, knowledge, and maybe some Harry Potter memes. I don't know. That definitely snuck in there. <laughs> and we'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.